Good morning. Good morning and welcome. My name is Erica Grass, and I'm a junior biology and interdisciplinary major. Grace. <laughs> I'm Grace Parker, and I'm a third year uh, English and Bible religion double major. Today, we will highlight and celebrate this past summer's ministry inquiry program. This is a program that is designed for students of all disciplines to explore what it means to be part of a community, to actively participate in the life of the church, and to try our hand at traditional, and as you may hear, non-traditional church responsibilities. We knew going into the summer that we'd be receiving a stipend and a scholarship, but most of us did not expect to leave our placements with a love of preaching, the sense of belonging in an intercultural community, or the realization that ministry can actually be a lot of fun. Through the variety of our experiences, we've ultimately found a sense of healing. On this theme of healing, I will read from you um, from Luke 4, which was the verse that we read at the send-off at the beginning of the summer. So bow your heads with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has announced me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I invite you all to stand and turn to page 26 in the blue hymnal. Please turn in your hymnal to number 574. 
We are going to be using the words on the page next to it, 573, or we're going to use the tune on page 574. morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jonathan Harnish. I'm a senior Bible religion major from Colorado Springs. Over the course of this summer, I conducted my MIP internship at Bethel Mennonite Church, also in Colorado Springs, under the supervision of Pastor Merv Berkey. Unlike the majority of my fellow MIPers, I decided to return to my home congregation, to a familiar place, but in a new role. And while this seemed like a comforting thought, I was also aware that this was a bit of a gamble. Starting out, 
I realized that I wouldn't be able to experience MIP as something entirely new. Rather, I would be carrying with me some of the baggage from my childhood and adolescent years. You see, it wasn't the easiest time growing up as a Mennonite in Colorado Springs. For those unfamiliar with the region, you may very well recognize that uh, some of the iconic Christian churches, institutions, and political establishments of the town. To name a few, my town is the headquarters of Focus on the Family, as well as the home of New Life Church, one of the most prominent megachurches in evangelicalism. Beyond these religious institutions and establishments, Colorado Springs is also somewhat of a military hub. Home to the Air Force Academy, Fort Carson, Peterson Air Force Base, as well as the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD. And so, if you were to say that Colorado Springs likely has a somewhat conservative population, it would be a gross underestimate. Colorado Springs is a mainstream Christian mecca, a stronghold of both political and religious conservatism that would serve throughout my youth as a delineating force, a presence, if you will, that, would ultimately, that I would ultimately use to help shape my identity and who I understood myself to be. Growing up as a Christian youth living in Colorado Springs, I found myself at risk of being seen as one and the same among the masses. And so I stood up. And throughout my adolescence, I strongly voiced my divergent opinions. And as a result, I grew up with a deep sense of being on the margins. But in my heart, I didn't long for acceptance. I can now recognize that I had grown to have, uh, to be a bit self-righteous. And so I wore my distinctiveness like a badge of honor. Thankfully, my time here at Goshen College in this liberal Christian Mecca has allowed me to disregard or perhaps bury some of my feelings of victimhood and my pride as a dissident voice. And so it was out of this context, this childhood and constructed identity that I returned in MIP to find myself emerged in a familiar setting, surrounded by a sense of my own otherness. And yet I was placed in a role, in a position where I was expected to engage in ecumenical gatherings. During the summer I would occasionally meet with the mainstream Christian crowd, but it, was, but it was at one point in particular during the summer that I found myself quite literally sitting face to face with my own childhood wounds and selfish pride. It was at a regional Mennonite pastors gathering in Pueblo where I sat beside Ted Haggard the disgraced founder of New Life Church and apparently a frequent guest at these meetings. A person who for years had embodied the forces of marginalization in my life as well as the other 
which my identity took its shape from. I came to the meeting feeling so different than Ted, so vicariously wounded by him, that I was literally on edge for the entire gathering. But when I emerged from the pastor's meeting, I realized that Ted was nothing like I had imagined him to be. As I alluded to before, Ted Haggard was and is a disgraced evangelical pastor who once held enough influence within the evangelical movement that he was frequently invited to the White House to advise President George Bush. But you won't find Ted there anymore. After his scandal several years back, he fell like a rock from the graces of the evangelical movement. Shortly after the pastor's gathering, I, I learned from my own pastor that it was during this period of time that Ted had been befriended by a man named Herm Weaver, the Mountain States Conference Minister of Mennonite Church USA. I also learned that it was at this same bi-monthly pastor's meeting that Ted had first shared his story publicly and that my pastor, a very liberal Mennonite, I might add, had been having coffee with Ted Haggard for years and now was currently co-moderating ecumenical events with him. This blew my world. In the end, I ended up actually liking Ted Haggard a lot. And I think it was because I finally began to see myself, at least part of myself, reflected in him. And therein, I was tearing down some of the illusions of his otherness. I realized that Ted and I share a common brokenness that touches the heart of everyone. Ted was like me, broken, incomplete, and in need of God's healing, God's presence. And so the person that I thought was my enemy turns out to be, in actuality, a child of God on a long journey of healing redemption. During my time, in MIP, I saw, if only in part, that the barriers that I had constructed to distinguish myself were in fact a self-serving illusion. I learned that there is no other when we are all on the same path, and that together we form a fellowship of broken hearts who walk together towards God's redemption with the same hope the same sorrow, and the same journey home. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is Kelly Jean Fry, and I am a senior nursing major, for those of you who don't know. And I did my ministry inquiry program. What was that? I did my ministry inquiry pro, uh, program placement in Indianapolis at First Mennonite Church and Shalom Mennonite Church. And I did a variety of things, um, even including teaching a dance worship workshop. Um, you might be wondering why me, a nursing major, ended up in a program like the ministry inquiry program doing a pastoral internship. And um, 
it was a question I got a lot down there too. Um, when they found out I was a nursing student, they wondered, you know, why are you doing pastoral internship? And it was kind of the, pr the purpose that I went to. I wanted to see how, um, how ministry and how nursing can combine. Um, but when people asked me, I kind of thought it was funny because I was like, well, duh, they combine. But anyway, it was kind of a weird um, thought process. But anyway, one of my goals this summer was to explore what my role as a person called to ministry, a person called, um, drawn towards bringing healing, and as a nursing student was. I arranged to meet with different doctors and nurses that were at the churches and asked them about what it meant to be a Christian doctor or nurse. You know, do you offer prayer to your patients? When you go home at the end of the day, do you pray for your patients? Do you ask God for miracles for your patients? What is a miracle? And what is healing? Um, God provided me with so many wonderful experiences um, in Indianapolis, some that I acted on and some that I didn't. I met a nephrologist, which is a kidney specialist, named Dr. Dennis Mishler, who arranged for me to watch a kidney transplant and um, also a day of observation of kidney dialysis at a men's correctional facility. Is my voice like echoing really weird in here? Okay, it's bouncing back at me. <laughs> um, Okay, I also met with a hospice nurse and a nurse practitioner of oncology, which is uh, like cancer stuff. And um, one of the most transforming experiences, however, was the time I spent with a woman named Irene Kanegi. Irene was a single woman, a congregational member of Shalom Mennonite Church. She had been actively involved in planning and leading worship for many years and really adopted um, the members of that small church as her family. My second day in Indianapolis, I was encouraged to meet with her to learn how to um, lead and plan worship at Shalom. And after my lesson in worship planning, she started talking to me and explaining some of her recurring symptoms of cancer that she had been experiencing within the last couple days. And having only just finished my junior year of nursing, I still understood the gravity of what she was um, explaining to me and encouraged her to call her doctor. And um, about 30 minutes after I left her house, she called me back and asked if I would come drive her to the emergency room because her doctor wanted her to go in. <clears throat> and this, this time marked the beginning of the end of her life, and she passed away the day after I returned home from MIP uh, this summer. Near the end of her life, the church rallied together to provide round-the-clock care for her. I was asked to help, given my um, nursing qualifications and also flexible schedule. One day, I spent 10 hours watching Irene. I gave her a bed bath that um, provided a lot of comfort for her. One of her fears was that she would die alone, and so she simply wanted someone to sit in the room and be present with her. Looking back, I realized that giving her care as a spiritual person, a pastoral intern, and not as a nursing student was a great learning for me. I wasn't concerned that, um, about keeping her, vitals, her vital signs stable or making sure that she had her meds at the right time and that they were the, the right dose and you know, all that stuff. It was, I was just concerned about making sure that, um, that she was comforted and had um, spiritual healing, and it re-emphasized that healing is not just physical, um, but bringing peace and comfort to those in fear, distress, and pain is what healing is all about. At first, I thought it was a real curse that God brought me into Irene's, in, into Irene's life just to watch her die. I really didn't understand what the purpose was. 
Um, but after listening to those mentoring me, I began to understand that God put me there to bring comfort and healing to Irene. And I also believe that my presence in the church brought comfort to those of the congregation who were suffering because of her death as well. Um, now, I'm also going to share with you the story, um, this is a transition, um, about <laughs> when I went to watch the kidney transplant. This is a little bit... Uh, yeah, this is cool. Um, God brought me uh, a kind of fun metaphor when I was watching the kidney transplant that I just feel compelled to share with different people. So um, when you have, okay, so the kidney is an organ in your body that filters out your blood. So um, your blood is full of toxins and stuff, and then it has to come into the kidney through a blood vein. And in the kidney, it works to filter out the toxins, and the toxins, am I going too fast? Okay. And then the toxins come out of, um, they come out of the ureter in the form of urine, okay? And then the clean blood goes back out into the, into the body. So um, in a normal, healthy person, um, the kidney works really well, and the blood is able to be filtered. But in someone that has a disease, like a kidney disease, or maybe diabetes that causes the kidney to fail, then um, it, it fails, and your body just like shuts down, and so it needs to be replaced. And so in a transplant surgery, um, you have the kidney, and then the doctor makes sure that, the, that it works really well before they transplant it into the, uh, the person that needs a new one. And so they take everything apart so that it's only connected by the blood vessels and then also the ureter. And then they snip the ureter to make sure that the urine actually flows to see that it's working. And then they take it and um, they detach everything. They detach the blood. And it kind of like shrivels up because there's no more blood in it. And then they put it into the new person and reattach the blood vessels. And as they attach the blood vessels, the urine starts flowing again out of the kidney. And that's how you know it works. And it's really cool because as soon as they put the, the blood vessels back together, it just like swells up all pink and it perfuses and it's like working in this new body. And it's really awesome. And um, <laughs> the metaphor that I have is that we are like the kidney, the organs that are brought up in this healthy body um, where our, our gifts are nurtured and um, we learn how to function as Christians and how to um, live out God's will in our lives. And then sometimes we get placed in a new community where maybe there needs to be healing um, or, or where our gifts can be used. And God, who's the master surgeon, connects us to the people in that community where we can start working again and we can swell up with um, God's um, power through us or whatever. So anyway, that's my metaphor, okay. God's metaphor. Uh, this experience has given me inspiration and enthusiasm for being a healing minister. While I'm still unsure of what form this will take, chaplain, parishioner, nurse, pastor, missionary, etc. I don't know. I do know that God wants to use me in the ministry of healing. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to listen to God and to hear the affirmation of my host churches in this vocational questing um, of my life. And I know this isn't a commercial for the Ministry Inquiry program, but I really would recommend for anyone, no matter what your major is, to do the program because it really helps you to listen to God's call and to integrate your passions into his ministry.
Good morning, friends. Um, my name is Kate Widmer. I am a junior Bible and religion major, and I like to plan ahead whenever I can. According to the master plan I created for my life, I was supposed to participate in the ministry inquiry program between, during the summer between my sophomore and junior years, and preferably do it somewhere far away from home. I wanted adventure. I wanted something to keep me busy during the summer. And not gonna lie, that scholarship didn't exactly scare me away either. Besides, MIP could fulfill my internship requirements. As I'm sure you can tell, my incentives weren't all too concerned with pastoral ministry. I didn't even think I wanted to be a pastor but I figured that I shouldn't, uh, I don't know, rule it out without giving it a fair shot first. The ministry inquiry program was good for me. Not only did I discover that pastoral ministry might be in my future, but, I lost my spot, sorry. <laughs> But the summer I experienced was a time of healing. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. This summer I was in a place I had never been before, with people I had never met. I entered the summer broken and skeptical. I was suffering from what is becoming a long-term ailment requiring medical attention. And I didn't have an insurance card with me. And my mother, my insurance holder, and my confidant was practically unreachable for the month she spent volunteering in Lithuania. During the summer, my grandfather passed away and I wasn't able to go home for the funeral. On top of all of that, I had just barely survived the most difficult and stressful academic year of my life. I needed rest, recovery. I needed healing. Even if I had time today, I wouldn't be able to tell you what exactly it was about my summer in Albany, Oregon that was so healing. I know it involved Megan, the pastor I worked with, Louise, my more than generous host, the congregation as a whole, and all the other wonderful people I met during my three month stay. I also know the beautiful mountains ocean, trees, and sky didn't hurt either. I don't want to give the impression that all my issues were solved and wrapped up nicely all in one summer, because they weren't. But just that the healing process was started and progress made. For all the people I met, for all the sights I saw, 
for all the learning opportunities I had, for all the healing I experienced. I am grateful. Now I would like to tell you of a prayer I found extremely meaningful. It was created by my good friend and fellow MIP peer, Beth Yoder. I invite her to come forward to lead us in a variation of it now. Good morning, I'm Beth Yoder. I'm a senior interdisciplinary major and I did my MIP placement um, this summer at Belmont Mennonite Church and Belmont Neighborhood Fellowship, both which are in Elkhart. One day, I was going through my prayer list and praying for everyone, and it was kind of long because there were a lot of um, illnesses and deaths in the congregation that I worked at this summer, as well as some friends that needed prayer as well. And as I was praying, the song, Oh Healing River, kept running through my head. And it was one of those things where you get a song stuck in your head and you only know parts of it, so it kind of drives you nuts, and it just keeps going over and over again. Well, the song, we sang it in church the day before, and so that kind of explained things. And so I incorporated it um, actually into my prayer time. I began praying for the people on my list um, using different images of water for each of them. So for our closing and sending prayer today, I'll be using a modified version of that prayer. I ask you to turn to 372 in your blue hymnal. Um, as I say the prayer, I'm actually going to invite you to sing verse one of O Healing River. Um, we'll be, I'll be praying and then you will sing verse one and then I'll pray again and then you'll sing verse one again and then I'll pray again and then you'll sing verse one again and then I will close. And um, Luke is going to be leading you in the song. So will you join me in prayer? O Healing River, send down your water. Let us Goshen College students dive deep into your cleansing flow. Fill our minds with fresh, sparkling, clean waters that renew and refresh our minds, our souls, and our spirits, giving us new life as we resurface. down your water. Drench our faculty and staff in the life-giving flow. Thank you for the knowledge and wisdom that they bring to our campus. 
Thank you for the families who love and support them as they do to us students. Send down your water, surround this campus, wash away the pain and the struggles we're experiencing. Renew our lives, renew our hearts and our minds, renew our souls. Provide us with the joy and encouragement and strength we need as we face each new day with the many struggles and challenges new days bring. water for this life-giving substance. Thank you for the healing and peace we experience in you through it. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs>